Does anyone have anything funny to say? <sighs> I'm not the funny one in this trio. <laughs> I'm the horny one. (laughs) Welcome to Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. As always, I am Sophie. I am one of the hosts, and I have a randomly generated YA title for the day. And mine is... A gathering of aliens and tea, <laughs> oh. which is like I want that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I want that book. Is that a bunch of aliens just talking gossip? Because I want that immediately. Oh. Yeah, like this is the tagline for a Becky Chambers book. Like hundred percent. This yes. is Wayfarers six. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. It sounds good. I'll I'll read it anyway. Who are you guys? <laughs> I am also a host. My name is Sam, and my randomly generated book title of today is A Nation of Twilight and Mansions. Whoa! I hate that. Yep, so (laughs) do you why! I thought it was quite fitting, though, considering we are in the Twilight Mansion currently. That's us. I was going to say, is that book the U.S. circa 2006? (laughs) 100%. Love that for us. Right? What about you, the other one? I am the other one. I also liked the host. And And my randomly generated YA title for today is A Masters of Rabbits and Piano. Oh. Aww. That would be a fun master's degree. I don't know what it is, but... Does Watership Down have pianos? No, Watership Down is like... I almost said contemporary, but it's like realistic about rabbits. They don't play the pianos. But like in in the movie, there's probably like a dramatic piano song, right? Oh, probably. Does Redwall have pianos? I don't think they have pianos there either. No, I think they, they have like... They have, like, string instruments. Yeah, like drums and flutes, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that when I get a master's degree in literature, I'm not yep. doing that. <laughs> this is it. This is what you'll do. Yep. Find right. the animal book that has pianos in it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Bunicula? <laughs> yeah, that's the one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a deep literary analysis for two years on Bunicula? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll set it to you know what it's gonna be I'm gonna set Banicula to music ah there you go store mm. it on the piano there you go I have you, do not have the skills for that no nope. okay I'll it's help you great. Sam will Perfect. help yeah <laughs> your second master's degree and yeah rabbit pianos <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean Hannah you're like well on your way to being able to do that because of all your experience talking about vampires already yeah. so like Banicula you're a biologist uh, who talks about vampires in a podcast. Bonicula's right up your alley. I'm so f-ing qualified. <laughs> Here's why you should accept me to your program. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Elle Woods's uh, audition tape for Harvard with just us <laughs> posting with our Twilight podcast to get into grad school. <laughs> I Accurate. was thinking of that exactly because I watched that movie like four days ago. Nice. <laughs> so I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Such a good movie. Much better than uh, Twilight. Wow, what a good segue. But Thanks. we read Twilight this week. 
and Midnight Sun. So, uh, maybe it's time we talk about that. The chapters weren't that long this time, and there was only one of each, which I've come to think of as a blessing. Oh, yes. But how about you guys tell us what was in those chapters? I mean, do I have to? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's okay. your job. Uh, That's what they pay us for. That's what they pay us for, the big bucks. The big bucks. Okay. Well, 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 well. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> chapter 16, Carlisle uh, in Twilight. We pick up right where we left off in the Cullen house, but we make our way to Carlisle's office where we learn a little bit more about his history. Then Bella and Edward make their way to Bet. Bedwards, Edwards, <laughs> bedroom. <laughs> Where? Edward. No, that's 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 Breaking Dawn. Bedward. <laughs> I apologize. Anyways, uh, they make their way to Edwards bedroom uh-huh. where bella looks over edward's cd collection they flirt a lot and then alice and jasper come in to interrupt and then we get the lead into the baseball game and that's that hannah what happened in midnight sun that was so different than what just happened there ladies and gentlefolk are you ready for it the extra scenes we got in midnight sun Wow! In this week's edition, we have another flashback to Edward's Depression-era murder spree. Like, the Great Depression, not, well, also, um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's the main <laughs> thing. But he also manages to make Jasper's super empathy powers seem super creepy, yep. which I don't necessarily yep. appreciate. Yep. But what I do appreciate is the setup for Vampire Baseball. Yeah! 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 vampire baseball i'm so excited for our next episode this one you know whatever yeah (laughs) can't wait to not talk about this one anymore and talk about vampire baseball oh man man we're gonna have to do a lot of vampire biology talk in the baseball game aren't we yeah i just had that thought too i don't know enough about baseball to actually talk about baseball well i I do do know oh good because i was about to say the same thing i have no idea Yes, the years of working at a baseball snack bar and scorekeeping for my brother's team has paid off. <laughs> All I know is that I've been to a lot of baseball games with my coworkers slash friends. Yeah. And I don't pay attention to any minute of it, but it's so long. <laughs> yep. It's so long. It's so long. Anyway, that's for next time. We're not talking mm-hmm. about baseball Mm-mm. this time. Yeah. I mean... There are just like a couple terrible parts in this chapter. One yeah. where you realize that Carlisle can hear Bella's heartbeat like skyrocket when Edward Ugh. interacts with her, Ugh. which I hate. Bad. I hate it a lot. It's real bad. Ooh. It's just so invasive. Without it, yeah. like I know they can't help it, but it's just so invasive. <laughs> Yeah. You could never go to the bathroom in that house. No. No. This is a running theme with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That is not what I was thinking. You've met me. I always have to pee. (laughs) This is a great point. And as someone who has just started dating someone, like, strategic bathroom is a very, (laughs) very real concern. I am just saying. That's a great point. Especially when there's only one bathroom. Anyways. So wait, if you 
didn't think about peeing. Sophie, what was your concern? <laughs> My concern was that Edward, like, touches her and her heart goes up. And I'm like, oh, God, Carlisle knows she's horny. Uh, <laughs> That's <there's> terrible. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh my god, yeah, if my dad right. could tell <laughs> that ho oh, oh, like ah! the, yeah, the sentence I wrote was imagine your boyfriend's dad could hear that you were horny for him. Ah! <laughs> I was like, no. Mm. I don't want it. It's terrible. Mm. <laughs> terrible bad thoughts. I don't like it. Yeah, and then I mean the equally terrible thing was, yeah, like he said, the Jasper thing at the end. Oh my gosh, yeah. I thought that scene was quite nice in Twilight. Like, Jasper comes in and he's excited to play baseball. And, like, Bella feels him being excited and gets excited too. And, like, I mean, I am a weird Jasper simp. So, like, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I was like, oh man, it's really cool that, like, Jasper's having this nice moment with Bella and Edward. And then Edward goes and talks about it. And says that Jasper is, like, hanging out with them because he gets high on other people's, like, horny bliss. Yeah, it's so... It's so weird. Yep. Like, it didn't have to be that weird. Why did she do that? Like, this chapter was very weird considering it was written by a Mormon. <laughs> well, so, here's the thing. I think legitimately she meant it as they were just so happy. Yeah. That that was what Jasper was responding to. Right. Because like throughout the chapter, even like in both sides, unlike previous chapters, there's no intimation that it's to do with horny. True. Right. Right. It is just, like, Edward describes himself as being happy a lot and, I don't know, smiling, like, whatever. But, like, Jasper's been living with Esme and Carlisle and Rosalie and Emmett, who are clearly, like, very happy, perfectly matched, blissful soulmates. Mm -hmm. So why is it that he's suddenly now, like, hanging out with Edward and, like, overwhelmed by all of this (laughs) romantic happiness? yeah. Maybe yeah. because it's like he doesn't want to hang out with Edward because he's such a stick in the mud all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's like, I do actually want to hang out with Edward. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, fair. That makes sense. Yeah, I buy that. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I feel like in reality, if he was like, these people are horny for each other, that probably would be a fairly intoxicating feeling <laughs> to feel. Uh. So it would probably be something that he would do. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But in the Why reality that we're this? creating. <laughs> uh, it cannot <man>. be that. <laughs> okay, but also this like threw me off because it was just like it's a very small point, but did you notice that when they were in Carlisle's office, one of the paintings has an orgy in it and like it specifically <laughs> says there's an orgy in it and like yeah. I literally had to put the book down because I was like this was written by a Mormon. The Mormon <laughs> purposely put an orgy in her book when that painting could have been of anything else. But why is it an orgy? She's horny. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. 
Is that the painting where we get the first introduction in this series to the Volturi? That was yeah. the same one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like briefly mentioned. It's just like re- like a blip on the page, just like orgy, like very nonchalant. But like <laughs> knowing this was written by a Mormon and knowing everything else, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I did look up Francesco Salamina, which is uh-huh. the name that uh, she gives. Or he gives, I guess, Edward gives. Okay. You know, Stephanie Meyer gives. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He, like, largely paints very chaotic, but, like, religious scenes. Mm-hmm. So I think what Edward says is, like, it looks like a cross between an orgy and a war or something like that. And, like, Solomina, like, does depict these, like, big scenes with a lot of people in like rooms that are very opulent but it's not orgies <laughs> like people aren't naked Ew. but you know this was not an official piece this was i guess fan <laughs> art that salamina made uh-huh. i swear i read the sentence like multiple times because i was like what what I surely no Let's see if we can find Oh yeah, no wait. It says half the thrashing figures seem to be involved in some kind of orgy. The yeah. other half in a violent bloody combat. Yeah, wow. so like half of it was war and half of it was orgy. Because I remember reading it multiple times because I was like, did I just misread this? Okay, well, are the Volturi like do they do that kind of thing? <laughs> oh, good question. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Aren't they like mated? And vampires seem very monogamous, right? Yeah. True. But, like, maybe millennia-old Italian vampires do it different? Well, yeah. Plus, like, the way it's phrased is, like, he did this art with them as the gods looking Mm -hmm. down on the people. And so this is just how he depicts people, I guess. There's one specific painting that I was looking at that, like, seemed pretty on brand. And there is, like, a lot of people just, like, thrashing around on the ground. Mm. Okay. It's got, like, angels in the sky, people thrashing around. There's, like, other people up a bit higher looking down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I've seen this painting before, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, the one with the guy on a horse right in the middle. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know that one. You know that one. If (laughs) I guess I should say the name of it so that... (laughs) People know what it is. The expulsion <laughs> of Heliodorus from the temple is the one I'm looking at. But anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> I have a very important thing that I just want to say okay. about um, this whole family. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So before the podcast, in our chat, we were talking about how weird it was that Carlisle would choose like a 17 year old for his forever companion. But like... Yeah. Carlisle is 23. They're all so young. Yeah, so Carlisle's no. 23. Esme is 26. Emmett is 20. Rosalie is 18. Edward is 17. Alice is 19. And Jasper is 19. So, like... <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. So, like, this isn't really, like, a kid-dad scenario. <laughs> That's the thing that always felt weird to me, is that they are developmentally very close in age but have established such a strong father-son type bond yeah like because we've kind of gotten the impression that edward is 17 
right? Like, yeah. he acts like a 17-year-old who is also 100. Yeah. But Carlisle acts so much older. Is that because yeah. he was born in a time when you are when you are 23, you are, like, way closer to death than you would be <laughs> at 23 now? <laughs> I would say, yeah. Because, like, it's also a common theme you see in fantasy, right? That, like... yeah characters in those kinds of eras tend to be a lot older just because they have to grow up a lot faster than in modern days right but it's definitely interesting because like i can't even i can't even imagine carla as a 23 year old like i knew right, three year old no. me like i was such a dumb little shit at 23 <laughs> exactly like <laughs> i just i can't even envision that with him let's yeah. just that's wild to me wild yeah so does that mean Esme is the only one who has a fully developed brain? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Dang. No wonder Esme's she the just only like, adult. keeps away. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, I'm just going to keep to myself. Yeah. I don't want to deal with these people. All these obnoxious teens oh my <laughs> with God. their drama. <laughs> I think I have about like the same age gap with my roommate as Edward and Carlisle do. And the idea... Of that being treated as anything other than like <laughs> friends or like like sibling esque is just yeah. horrifying to me. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah, for like Emmett in my brain is what a twenty three year old dude. Yeah, yes, yeah, hundred percent. Yes. So Carlisle, I'm just like, wait, they trust him to be like a doctor. <laughs> That's right? what's going through my head. I was like, he, I know he's like hundreds of whatever years old, but like now I'm just like, he's 23 and a doctor and like, what? And has like a whole family. And I just had air quotes just so everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> he's the father of all these people that are like five years younger than him. Oh, it's such a weird dynamic that like she chose to write. She made this choice. Yeah. Like even if like, why not just make him 30? Seriously. Yeah. Or just even like if she wants them to be those ages, I still don't understand why they all just don't pretend to be adults. Be like, yeah, we are all like friends. It's totally yeah. normal for like a bunch of friends in their early yeah. 20s to live together for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Why, it's do like, why do they have to go back to high school every time? Why can't they just automatically start in college? Yeah. Like that's more realistic. They had to meet Bella. That's why. Ugh. Yeah, but Bella could have been twenty, also. Okay, we're been just a freshman. we're just saying this because we're old and we don't want to read about teenagers. You know, <laughs> okay, yeah, you know what? You didn't have to call us out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It gets more and more unrelatable with every passing month. Yep, we're gonna yep. be. In 10 years, we're going to be reading YA on this podcast, and we're going to be like, these kids these days, <laughs> and these YA books. I'm going to be like, that 28-year-old is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be like, I can't believe this main character, who's almost 30, is acting like this. You're only 28. <laughs> You're only 28. Uh, yikes. When I was Meanwhile, 28, right. I didn't leave my apartment for a year. That's a lie, but... Uh, feels <laughs> but like it, it though, feels it? like it. Sure feels like it. Uh, I feel like a, the pandemic is going to end and suddenly I'll be 35 and like not have noticed how I got there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure today is the one year anniversary of my workplace closing last year. So we're all having a great time. (laughs) Yeah. It's the one year anniversary of when I got home and locked down. Yay. I was supposed to be on vacation for spring break in a different province. And then I got there and then spent the next three days trying to get home. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. Anyway. Anyway, not uh, that. Let's talk about annoying vampires instead. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So Carlisle gets turned into a vampire and is so horrified by what he's become that he tries to kill himself in a variety of ways. One of them is he attempts to starve himself to death, which apparently is impossible. And I would like to talk about that. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The only thing I can think is that it's impossible in the sense that, like, a vampire will descend into a feeding frenzy before it will die. Mm. Right? Like, Carlisle, that didn't happen to Carlisle, but maybe it just wasn't long enough, you know? Yeah, I was thinking it could be something like there are some animals that can go months or years without eating and like they can starve to death eventually. But I was like, maybe they're like tardigrades and tardigrades can go like 30 years without having to eat, right? They can go into cryptobiosis. <laughs> like maybe vampires can go like decades without eating, but I can't imagine that they can just go indefinitely. That doesn't make any sense for... Yeah. I was going to say for a living creature, but according to Edward, they're not living. (laughs) Yeah, plus Carlisle says that... Or not Carlisle, but it says that, like, he got weaker. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I just feel like they can go a really long time without feeding, but at some point they have to... But maybe it, like, is not under their power to control anymore. They just end up succumbing to instinct, I guess. Yeah. But, like, what if you were... Like, locked up or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like, locked in a coffin or something. Great point. Like, buried underground. Well, I mean, we've already determined that Edward can, like, punch a hole through the earth. (laughs) True. True. (laughs) True. What, well, if you're, like, wrapped in silver chains and staked through the heart and whatever they did back in the day to, uh, to kill vampires. <laughs> Wait, are these vampires susceptible to silver? No. No. Okay. No. But I, I just mean, like, like, if, you, if you were tied up and, like, someone oh. staked you through the chest to a coffin and then buried you underground. Yeah. It would probably be hard to get out. Yeah. So maybe that's where those stories came from. It's like if you tie up the vampire and lock him underground, eventually, yeah. in like a hundred years, it starves to death. <laughs> maybe. Or, I or mean, some... it'll take it a hundred years to get out, so you'll be dead by then, so it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> not your problem. <laughs> so this kind of leads into like the question that I had, because then what if you'd look at the situation where Carlisle was trying to drown himself, not drown himself, but like he just like stayed in the ocean. But then Edward says they don't like staying underwater because it, it becomes uncomfortable not to breathe. But then I'm just like, what is stopping a vampire from just inhaling water? Like, it wouldn't 
do anything to them. I think he meant comfortable or uncomfortable in the sense that he doesn't like not being able to, not that it's physically uncomfortable. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So it's like if they're underwater and he's like trying to avoid feeding or whatever, but like what's stopping them from just, I don't know, sniffing in some water and then it's like, then they just stay at the bottom of the ocean. I I don't know. It was just for me, I was just like, they don't need to breathe air. They just do it out of comfort. Mm -hmm. So then like what stops them from just being like, all suck in the water? Probably nothing. Yeah. 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 I think like Hannah said, it's not necessarily the act that they need to perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's just that they need to smell things. Their prey. But then what in their senses is stopping them from smelling things in the water? If all of their senses are like superhuman, God, like what's stopping them from just like breathing in water and then smelling a fish? I guess nothing. I don't know. It would depend on how their olfactory sense works. Because humans can't smell underwater, I don't think. Even no. if they didn't drown. Yeah. And if that those... was my thought too. Yeah. If the olfactory receptors are just like an upgraded version of human ones, then they probably don't work underwater. Yeah. But, but even if they're taste, so upgraded? The same. Well, if, like, if it has to capture airborne particles. Yeah. True. Then if the particles are in water, it wouldn't work? Yeah, I mean, they're designed to hunt humans, which don't really yeah. hang out in water, so I can't imagine that their smelling would work well underwater. Don't most, like, yeah, yeah. quote-unquote smelling scent-based predators in the water, aren't they actually using, like, taste? That was my understanding, but I don't yeah. actually... So they could taste the water. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, so same concept, right? So it's like, again, there's nothing stopping them from bringing water into their lungs. Like, it's not like that's going to kill them. So it's like they could taste the water. So it's like Carlisle, what drove him over the edge was like a herd of deer that um, ran by and he lost it. But I'm like, if you were in the water, granted, he was probably holding his breath and you just like sucked in some air and you tasted a pot of dolphins like (laughs) (laughs) yeah like wouldn't that i don't i don't know that was just like my brain went places yesterday (laughs) when i was reading this yeah i imagine they like don't really think about it so they probably just i mean they don't have to breathe so they probably just hold their breath right because that's what edward said yeah he said the longest i'd ever held my breath was a couple of days while i was underwater which so jealous I want to know. I want to know the story behind that. Why was Edward underwater for a couple days? Yeah, (laughs) self-loathing. Yeah, sitting at the bottom of the Bay of Fundy, having a sulk. (laughs) Oh, maybe it was yeah when he and Rosalie were in that river. Hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Just Just hanging out, staring at each other, sinking (laughs) into the mud like frogs. Um. Yes. I have. A related also related biology uh-huh. question uh-huh. okay and it's that edward expressly says that swimming is easier for them yes implying than humans yeah also all bella talks about is how smooth edward is his skin is <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they and they're also very cold Mm-hmm. so they're cold they can swim very easily they don't need to breathe air <laughs> are yep. vampires aquatic <laughs> they might be tuna 
Mm. Just hold on. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> if they can go like a crazy long amount of time without eating and have a uh, negative reaction to the sun, they probably live like in the benthos, like right down yep. at the bottom, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm just so upset by the thought of like Edward being very soft because he has a mucous membrane. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little, little slimy. Just a little venom mucus, you know. Well, because like humans are not very uh hydrodynamic. No. No. Not at all. You got to get real um, slippery to be good at water. <laughs> uh-huh. The general the general shape of a human is not hydrodynamic. So no. I imagine there have to be some adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. I was just assuming that since they're so strong, they can punch through the planet. The <laughs> extra resistance of water, even like salt water, is probably negligible, right? Yeah, this is a great point. That's yeah. probably what it is. That's, yeah. It doesn't make sense that they would be secondarily aquatic. <laughs> okay, but I do really like the idea that Atlantis is actually the ancestral home of vampires. Whoa! <laughs> oh my god. Or like, not to upset upset Sam, but like yeah. sirens? Are yeah. they actually no. vampires? <laughs> I was literally just gonna say you cannot convince me that there are not vampires out there living their best siren dreams. Yeah. Like yeah. in in, vamp- <laughs> in Stephanie Meyer's vampire world, you cannot convince me now that they are not doing this because like yeah. I don't care about what the Cullens are saying. It's uncomfortable. They hold their breath. Like, no, no, no. I can guarantee you there's some bitch like me who became a vampire <laughs> and was like, wait. I'm just gonna like breathe it in. Hey, look, I'm fine. Ha! I'm gonna become the siren of my dreams. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even need to breathe it in. You could no. just you could you just, just hold, hold your breath. breath. Yeah, you just like, have to like sit on some rocks, be hot, and then drown a bunch of dudes and suck their blood. Like, oh yeah, my God. how hard is that? <laughs> you cannot convince me that this does not exist in this uh, multiverse of whatever Twilight that we've developed for <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. Like. The Twilight Expanded Universe. The Twilight Expanded Universe. <laughs> there is 100% like a coven of female vampires who are 100% doing this in the Caribbean. I don't care. I'm all for that. But if I swear if every um, mythical creature ends up just being a vampire, yeah. I'm going to be really mad. That's fair. <laughs> we've, already got, that. we've already got witches. We've got <laughs> sirens. Well, the witches weren't vampires originally. Right. It's just that they like were witches first. Yeah, that was my okay. theory. So they're like a separate non-vampire entity to start. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so uh <laughs> you Sorry, know how Emmett likes to fight bears? There was that time he fought a bear and then got distracted before he could finish drinking it and it turned into Bigfoot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And okay, just a wait, bear. didn't we already make a joke once yeah. about how Emmett was carrying a bear and that was where the picture of Bigfoot came from? Oh, right. We did do that. <laughs> but also we <laughs> talked about whether or not the vampire venom only works on oh, yeah. humanoid species. Because yeah. I had this question because I was like, what if you just like half drank a bear and let it go and then like come back to it? Da, da, da. And like, why do they have to drink it whole? Does it turn them into vampires? And then the, I don't. Okay, but yeah. consider. Oh no! The vampire venom has like a humanizing effect. Oh no! So <laughs> if you don't drink a bear all the way, 
that's why Bigfoot is so like Kin? sort of bipedal <laughs> and like hairy and humongous. Oh my god! And that's probably where like centaurs, centaurs, centaurs came from too. How do you say that word? Centaurs. Centaurs. Centaur. Centaur. Senators. Senators. That's where senators come from. Senators. If a vampire drinks half of a horse, then it turns into a senator. I mean, is that Mitch McConnell? And it filibusters. And it filibusters for days because it doesn't need to breathe or sleep. So in conclusion, Sophie, yes, all cryptids are vampires. No! Yeah. Okay, I'm... <laughs> I just... Sorry, anytime I think about cryptids, I inevitably think... oh, inevitably start thinking about the Fresno Nightcrawlers, which are just like... Yeah. Do you remember that vine of the girl with her arms in her pajama pants and she was just like two big legs? <laughs> That's yeah. essentially what the Fresno Nightcrawler is. <laughs> and... And I just want the vampire that doesn't have any arms <laughs> is the Fresno Nightcrawler. That would oh, have to God. be something like, I don't know, like a bird? The one that's been tumbled through the uh, yeah. the Bay of Fundy. <laughs> <laughs> or like a raccoon. I feel like a raccoon. <laughs> if you tried to turn it into a person, it would look like that. <laughs> uh, Mothman uh. is just like a moth. <laughs> That I don't know. They like sneezed and a droplet of venom got on a moth. It was like on somebody. Yeah. When a vampire bit them. Yeah. Oh my god. In, in the splash zone. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Is the Loch Ness monster like a prehistoric? Yeah. It's been so long. Wait, hold on. Wait, no. Stop. Everyone, stop everything. Humans didn't live that long ago. <laughs> no, but like, it's funny. Yep. I mean, okay, oh, it could be. Mm, I'm torn between like a crocodilian or an elephant. Because I really oh. like the Nessie photos are elephants theory. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wasn't there. Mm. There was like a joke a while back about how every cryptid is just bears stacked on top of each other. <laughs> because someone got a picture of like, I forget what it was, but it was like just two bears <laughs> when they got the picture clarified. Anyway, it's like that, but with vampires. No, you know what the night the night crawler things are? Uh, Pedevolins? What the f***? Oh yeah, <laughs> catamelons. I don't know yeah. how you say it. Catamelons, small yep. marsupials of the genus Thylogale that are definitely not Tasmanian tigers. They're definitely not thylacines. <laughs> but they could be. Uh... Maybe thylacines are just vampirized versions of those oh. little guys. I was just so sad, you guys. I'm still not over it. <laughs> It's just so it's disappointing. The picture didn't look anything like a thylacine. No. Anyway. Uh, whatever. It's fine. An alternative theory for the Nessie, which goes into another uh, vampire biology theory that I had. She's a triton who got lost. I was okay. just gonna say, this is really throwing me off right yeah, now. Me too. <laughs> Sorry, we'll just call it the Loch Ness monster and not Nessie, which is the name of Sam's character in the D and D game we play. 
And it's also fine. the name of Bella and Edward's child. No! <laughs> you named my D&D character after a Twilight character? <laughs> yes, I think I did. you did that. Oh, it was Hannah. My it character's name is Neslum. And then Hannah was like, I'm going to call you Nessie. <laughs> it was that or Slimy, so both. True. <laughs> anyway. But that's besides the point. Uh, my, my theory is, theory. Which, and I don't know why we haven't thought of this before. Okay. maybe we have actually is that the vampirism is like a very elaborate parasitism event Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so well the Loch Ness monster thing means the parasite could have existed way before and could have happened yeah oh my god is the Loch Ness monster the original vampire the original whoa it's like one of those Scotsman and that guy Just one around biting people. One of the early galls or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I like that idea. Damn. Yeah. Nessie is the mother of all vampires. Because this <laughs> takes care this takes care of the theory that like they can't reproduce, so how could there be selection? Because the mm-hmm. parasite can reproduce. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would buy that. Because yeah. I went on the most horrifying deep dive, and by deep dive oh. I mean I read like two things. Two review papers <laughs> on like <laughs> parasite mind control, how parasites manipulate oh, cognitive that. functions in their insects ho- insect hosts. Love that. It. And like suffice to say, um, parasites can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. So like they <gasps> could turn a human into a vampire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is legit. So the one thing, the one I'm thinking of specifically, like there are all kinds of ones that change behavior. First of all, there aren't as many that do like physiological changes, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they could. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Based on changing like the ganglia in yeah their prey, <laughs> I'm sure they can change. <laughs> I'm sure they could change a human into a rock. <laughs> Isn't there a cordyceps that, like, makes its host change colors and, like, flash? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Oh, and there's that snail one, too, that does that with their eyeballs. Yeah. There's currently extant parasites that cause uh, light refractive changes. Yeah. In the skin. The one I was thinking of that like lent more credence to what I was thinking was <laughs> the toxoplasmosis, Ugh. which is Toxoplasma gondii, which is the uh, one that your cat can give you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where it basically makes the host like cats more. Yeah. But the actual, I was looking up the actual um, like way it does that. And it basically makes in mice and rats, it makes them produce like a shit ton of dopamine when they are near evidence of cats being around specifically like cat urine oh and so they switch from avoidance to attraction to that smell <laughs> which like could be the vampires and human blood <laughs> yeah damn yep wow because that makes way more sense than like a hunger response yeah because mm-hmm. if you have, like, a literal, like, brain chemistry reaction, it makes sense that they would be, like, unable to control themselves. Yeah. 
Wow, yeah. And if the drive is then, I need to bite as many things as I can to spread the parasite, it would make yep. sense why they just seem to be able to kill over and over and over again and not actually get full. Yep. Yeah. But the Crazy. killing doesn't actually <laughs> spread the parasite, though. No. That's the only thing here, because like they have to still keep the victim alive to actually spread the parasite. Yeah. But, so yeah, are, are vampires a secondary host to something else? Like it could be that the young <laughs> need a corpse to eat. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't yeah. make sense because other vampires are made not by like they're only made by a vampire biting them, so that would have to be the life cycle. So I don't know. Hmm. I like this theory. I know. Yeah. I feel like we need more information, but yeah. this is a good start to a theory. <laughs> yeah, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, the only the only roadblock I'm finding is, yeah, is that like they usually kill their victims and that wouldn't spread it. That's the, the only thing I'm trying to like debunk in my brain right now. I wonder if there's like a tertiary host that is some kind of like small decomposer. That would find the body of a person or a bear or a mountain lion that had vampire venom on it or in it and be attracted to that. And then that's the host that the parasite actually wants to get into for some reason. Oh, well, what if it what if that's like a hold up? Like, what if there used to be a different host hmm. and that's why there's such a high um, mortality rate? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> like what if it was something to do with like the dead human body would then be like eaten by something else which would incubate the baby Dinosaurs. which would then transfer mm. back nope nope <laughs> you almost tricked me I almost said yes but nope <laughs> no way but cause you get stuff like that where like like avocados mm-hmm. yeah. exist for like mammoths and giant ground sloths to eat. Yeah. But they don't mm-hmm. exist anymore. So it's like the av- avocados are like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> good thing humans are here. <laughs> Elephants True. have a culture of touching bones of deceased loved ones and also like to investigate if they come upon bones, they'll try to figure out if it was someone they know. So it could have been mammoths. Aww. Maybe. Not. Uh, elephant culture is very heartwarming (laughs) oh yeah yeah they they have funerals and they'll like come back and like taste the bones of family members that they've lost and like take care of them and cover them up and brush and stuff like that dang so it could be that these parasites are trying to get into mammoths and humans hunted mammoths we know that these two species exist in the same uh ecosystem together and maybe, like, if a human dies, the mammoths will, like, come by and see what's up. And then mm. f- elephants do a lot of investigation by taste. So it would be pretty easy for a vampire venom parasite to get into the mouth of an elephant that was touching a dead human. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I really like this, but I feel like it would make more sense to just, it's a cave lion. <laughs> Because okay. those already yeah. bite things. <laughs> yeah. But I like the concept of it. 
I listen, Damn. I love it, but I'm just saying, based on the fact that vampires bite humans. Yeah. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I just like thinking about elephants. I mean, That's oh my fair. god. Oh my god, wait. Oh my god. Uh-huh. What if what if it's like bats? Oh. Because well- yeah. Then that's how we would get the myth of yeah. like vampires can turn into bats. Cause like it drives the vampire bat or whatever to just bite a bunch of humans. <laughs> yeah. To spread yeah. the disease. Yeah. Uh, there's I mean, there's definitely something there. There's Yeah, be. because because what if it's like I don't know, like the parasite like makes them pretty feral in their first couple weeks, it sounds like. I think it's the first couple years. The first couple yeah. years. So they yeah. like run out into the forest. And in olden times, that used to be where bats were. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so they would like get preyed on by whatever. <laughs> okay, wait. So is vampire skin only impervious to bats? Or That's only pervious question. to bats? I, yeah, didn't think about this. Never mind. Listen, we're going to have to come back once there's more information. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, we'll put a pin in it. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a long time already. <laughs> we really have been. It's fine. I didn't have much to say about this chapter anyway. Yeah. Anyway, vampires are parasite-ridden yep. butterfly yep. aquatic mm-hmm. humanoids. So it's like a mola. Yeah. You know those parasitic crabs that the internet's been going crazy about? <laughs> yeah. It's like that, but it's a parasitic moth that infects yeah. a human. <laughs> yes. Hence the chrysalis period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn. So the first vampire was either from Atlantis, the Loch Ness Monster, a moth, or some bats. Yeah. Yeah, you know all of those things that are very closely related and all make sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes the most flawless. Sense. Yeah, flawless logic. Love it. <laughs> well, to get back to this chapter a little bit, <laughs> uh-huh. I've decided that I've pivoted on Bella, just like not being afraid of Edward again. I know I've pivoted a few <laughs> times on this. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm pro Bella not being afraid at all because, like, I've decided her like view. Of just taking whatever Edward says is like, oh, this is just like objectively interesting and not scary at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, she's like, Edward's a predator. So he just has to eat humans. That's fine. That's just the thing that he has to do. I'm not going to judge a predator for eating prey. <laughs> I mean, she's yeah. Very clinical about it. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like very good science mindset. Where she's uh-huh. like, this just has to happen. It's the natural order of things. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> That's my thought. Uh, I like the part in this chapter where Alice shows up and she says, it sounds like you were having Bella for lunch, so I wanted to come see if there was any <laughs> Oh my <left> god. <laughs> and Bella's like far more chill about it <laughs> than yeah. Edward. Yeah. Uh, or, well, actually, I think Bella thinks she's serious at first. Yeah. But they don't know each other well enough to make jokes yet, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised how chill Edward was about it. <laughs> yeah, it was a little out of character. Just yeah. a wee bit. Considering like the chapter before, he like reacted so poorly to Bella's joke. Yeah, <laughs> the exact same joke. The exact Only same breakfast joke. instead of lunch. Yep. Yeah. Bella for every meal. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that's yes. how most other vampire books do it. So, yeah, a- she would be the snack, a submissive the snack. slave. <laughs> yep. You know that totally normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of on that note, Edward calls <laughs> not eating, uh, or yeah, not eating humans a life of abstinence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I hate. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. stop implying <laughs> that you're boning all these people. <laughs> oh. I was like, Edward, you expressly are living a life of abstinence. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, not just in the eating sense and yeah, the every sense. Yeah. In the like actual sense of abstinence. In the actual sense uh, yeah, definition actual of abstinence. <laughs> I read that as the same way they call themselves vegetarians, even though they're explicitly not. It's like you yeah. are explicitly not abstaining from drinking blood. Yeah, exactly. You're just not drinking human blood. Like, you're still murdering a bunch of apex predators. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. The other fun part about that part of the conversation where Edward is like, oh, I had my, you know, usual moment of adolescent rebellion (laughs) to, like, go leave Carlisle's way of not eating humans. And I wrote, you know, that adolescent rebellion where you eat a bunch of people? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Go all Dexter and murder a bunch of rapists. (laughs) Okay. Just normal 17-year-old stuff. (laughs) I mean, what were you guys doing during your adolescent rebellion? <laughs> I, I certainly didn't have the time. <laughs> I was pretending not to like Twilight. <laughs> I, I was listening to High School Musical songs. <laughs> I was full-heartedly obsessed with Twilight. There you go. No. Basically like murder. So nothing has changed. Yeah. <laughs> no. well, for, for all of us. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just listening to different musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading different books, but equally as obsessed with them. Yes. Yeah. I got really excited for the one brief second at the beginning of this chapter where they're talking about uh, Carlisle's art collection. Mm-hmm. And one of the arts is in sepia ink. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was like, oh man, hell yeah. Go talk about cuttlefish. Sepia ink comes from cephalopods. And people use it to write and draw stuff. Uh, and then I um, went to speak with my museum expert friend. And oh. uh, yeah, I was informed that it probably was not sepia ink. It was probably just describing the tone of the painting. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you got excited about Carlisle's library because that's what I got excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I was sad they didn't describe any of the books. Me too. Or any of the CDs. Like, I really wanted some of Edward's CDs described. I really wanted some of Carlisle's books described. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Was anyone else shocked that Edward is not, like, a vinyl hipster snob and he collects CDs? Yeah. Yeah. He seems like someone who only listens to vinyl. 
Imagine if he just had a bunch of cassette tapes. <laughs> you could wind them back so fast, though. Yeah. <laughs> just like a bunch of pencils around his room that he uses to wind the tapes back. <laughs> yeah, but look how fast I can rewind this one. <laughs> Probably because in 2008 or 6 or 5 or whenever the book came out, like CDs were the new cool thing. And so it was like, oh, Edward has a collection of only CDs. Wow. (laughs) Wow. He's so hip and progressive with his pile of CDs. (laughs) I hate that. so cool. I hate it. Uh, I also hate it. Yeah. Do you think he regretted it because he like probably got rid of all his vinyls? Because he was like, oh yeah, CDs are the new way to do it. CDs are the way of the future, man. (laughs) Yep. Maybe he just has those, like, wax cones that were before vinyl. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) The precursor to records were wax cylinders that you could play music from. I swear this is a thing. I I don't even... What? Wax cylinder recording. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I'm not crazy. Thomas Edison. That's a cool guy invented the phonograph a machine that could record and reproduce sounds on hollow cylinders made from wax wow that's wild in the 1870s wow before edward okay so that that would have been too that would have been before edward's time i guess carlisle probably has one yeah probably a bunch of his favorite jams (laughs) (laughs) 1700s gospel songs yeah (laughs) <laughs> I do just want to say I looked up when the CD was invented. Basically, the peak or the first like big peak of CD sales was in 2004. So this is why this book oh, in 2005 okay. was like, oh, oh man, CDs. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. They were they were invented in 1982. So yeah, like I had CD games before then. Uh-huh. <laughs> but 2004 was a big year for CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. To say. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get it. So Edward is just like so cool with his giant collection of CDs yeah. in 2005. Yep. Yeah. Just the coolest. I just went to the Wikipedia page of Compact Disc, and there's like <laughs> on the on the right side where it has like the summary of interesting things about stuff. It says released first October 1982, and I'm like, the CD was first released. <laughs> Like, just a CD, not <laughs> <laughs> nothing on it. Like, look at this. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It shines in the light. Someday, someone will invent a CD player, and then you'll get to see what this bad boy does. <laughs> get on that, everyone. <laughs> Where's Edison? Somebody bring him back. <laughs> uh... Anyway, I just thought that was funny. That's funny. So yeah, sorry about all the parasite stuff, or you're welcome. <laughs> Whatever your vibe is, <laughs> <laughs> to whoever's listening. Uh, well, do we want to take a guess on what uh, the next chapter is? I can't possibly think what might happen because oh, both, yeah, both of the next chapters are called the game. <laughs> Yay! Yay! The moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Quite honestly, I forgot there was a baseball game in Twilight. I thought it was in one of the later movies. (laughs) (laughs) 
I quite honestly forgot about this whole chapter that we just read. Like, oh, I, yeah. too. like I legit do not remember this at all. I was reading it and I was like, I don't like this was a part of it. What? Yeah, I have no memory of this chapter, but I do have a memory of the baseball game. Yeah. So, but what happens? Do the people show up? Some kind of the other vampires yeah. show up? Yeah, the three yeah, bad the, ones. The antagonists in this story finally show up in yeah. chapter 17. Yeah. <laughs> Not to brag, but I definitely remembered that. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you remember their names? No, but it's oh. the guy in red, right? In the movie? Red? No. <laughs> I don't think With the, so. the long hair? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Is that one of the Vulturi? Laurent. Oh, Laurent. Laurent, Victoria, and James. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nailed it! Isn't he wearing, like, a red jacket? Laurent is, yeah, in the movie. Wow! Dang. Guys! This scene is imprinted in my brain of the three of them, like, coming through the, like, baseball field with, like, the fog around them and everything because I watched the behind the scenes and it's hilarious how they film this scene. They make them walking quickly? They, yeah! <laughs> it's, it's just so ridiculous. So it's just, like, this scene lives rent-free in my head. And it's just, <laughs> like, the three antagonist vampires walking into the baseball field. So, like, I can tell you, like, exactly what all three of them are wearing, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. Why is Laurent just walking with his yeah. shirt open? <laughs> He's a vampire. He don't care. Why is his shirt open? The vampire. Vampires don't wear normal shirts. He, We've I mean, he's this. very attractive. So I guess it's I would true. also not wear a shirt. But yeah, it's a vibe. Man, can you imagine being that hot? Goals. Goals. Anyway, I need yeah. to close these pictures while we finish this conversation. <laughs> oh, Sophie's the horny one now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> At least uh, I'll have something to look forward to when we eventually watch this movie. True, true. I, I really want to watch the movie. Uh, yeah. It keeps getting suggested to me on Netflix, and I keep being like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. <laughs> Gee, I can't imagine why your analytics would think you liked Twilight. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, I want Sam to describe exactly what these people look like in the movie while I have the yes. picture open. <laughs> oh no okay oh oh let me get it too go ahead <laughs> okay victoria has like red curly hair but she's more like orange red curly hair and she's mm. wearing like a fur coat mm. thing and i think she's wearing jeans and mm-hmm. then i don't remember her exact shirt and then laurent has dreadlocks i think Mm-hmm. And he's got his red coat, yeah, with no shirt, also, I think, wearing jeans. And then James is blonde. He's got his hair slicked back in, like, a dirty <laughs> ponytail. He's wearing uh-huh. an old leather-worn jacket and jeans. Wow! <laughs> got it in one. Did I actually get it? Yeah. Hells, yes! <laughs> it's weird because the Laurent, like, promo photos have him in a redder jacket, but in these stills from yeah. the movie it looks like it's orange i gotta look this up now I yeah need to, like, and you validate myself yeah and you can't tell what her shirt is because the fur thing actually covers her shirt almost entirely does it oh yeah, yeah look at that wow. <laughs> wow look how good i did that's really good who's exact this guy uh james i know is cam giganje because he was in the oc and i had a massive crush on him <laughs> 
his that's all I know. is so dirty though it's so he's so gnarly in this movie but like <laughs> in the oc like wow he's just like mm, so good i feel like i remember seeing maybe it was on like twilight tiktok or something that james is described as average looking even as a vampire because he was just super ugly as a human and i was like this is <laughs> extra oh like my that's such God. a ridiculous detail to put into your book if you're like this guy is just <laughs> the ugliest and he's named after my ex <laughs> okay oh my god <laughs> oh my god that's funny yeah that's a lot <laughs> well that was amazing yeah so we know exactly what's gonna happen in this next one mm-hmm. something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so before we finish off how about we talk about what we're reading about not about what are we reading end of sentence (laughs) i got mine wrong last time so i'm gonna open my goodreads to make sure i get the name right (laughs) just to clarify i was reading the wayfinders not wayfarers Mm. it was it's still pretty good it's very good i finished it and it was good but currently i'm reading the clockwork boys by t kingfisher because all i'm doing is going through all of t kingfisher's books right now that's all i'm doing fair love that i'm currently reading two books one of them is lore by alexandra bracken which is our midlight book club book of the month and then the second one, I'm listening to the audiobook of The Elephant Whisperer, My Life with the Herd in the African Wild, which is a memoir about a guy who had an elephant sanctuary. And it's pretty great. I like oh, it. That sounds good. I love elephants. Yeah. What? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm super excited because this afternoon I got my audiobook hold from the library for Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas which I have been looking forward to since I finished The Hate You Give in uh, mid-February so I'm currently seven chapters into that and it's amazing already and I'm also reading The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon which is like 800 pages (laughs) (laughs) So in three months, we'll still be getting updates on Priory of the Orange Tree. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a while. <laughs> the real question is, will you finish that before I finish The Way of Kings? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Sam has like two months lead time with The Way of Kings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. <laughs> Actually, three. I started it in January. Oh, man. <laughs> Who will win? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sophie, what inordinately long epic fantasy novel are you going to bring to the table next week? Damn, I'm upset that you qualified fantasy because I did just finish an extremely long like textbook about oh, Canadian about Canadian that. First Nations. So I think that counts. Like that's, that yeah. counts. that's legit. So I won yeah. is what you're saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you did. won before we even started. Hell, yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Get out ahead of the curve. Nice. Yeah. Win before there's even a race. <laughs> that's how the best people do it. Yeah. Yes. If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media, we are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. 
And as Edward so eloquently put in this chapter of Midnight Sun, his recent study of the basis of human natures has left him little room for optimism, much like us when surrounded by people who just don't really get the mask thing. (laughs) God, the worst. Before we started recording, we all took a bathroom break. And uh, <laughs> while Sam and I were gone, we you both know, had our head. <laughs> we I, both had our... <laughs> I think we can just move on. <laughs> we both had our headphones on. So <laughs> we both <laughs> we both heard Hannah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to mute you. <laughs> uh, we both heard Hannah singing a high school musical song <laughs> to herself while she was waiting for us.